everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the interim editor in chief here at Android Central, and I have my lovely friends with me, Jerry Hildenbrand. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? I'm doing very well. And I've got Andrew Myrick. How are you? What's up? What's up? And I've got Michael Hicks with me. Hello, Michael. Hello. Okay, so I want to start off the podcast right off the bat talking about what we are going to be dealing with next week, which is uh, one of our major events that we're going to be covering, which is Samsung Galaxy Unpacked. Um, It will be Samsung's, if I'm not mistaken, first event of the year, um, and we're expecting a bunch of new devices uh, that would include phones, smartwatches, and tablets. Um, The interesting thing about the event this year is, and it's very different from years before, um, it's going to be held in Korea, uh, South Korea, which is kind of exciting, kind of cool, also because I'm I'm actually going to be there and I'm going to get to witness Unpacked for the first time live. Um, but it's it's being held in South Korea, which is the headquarters of Samsung. So that's really cool, uh, I guess, because um, before they've done it virtually and or they've done it in, I don't know, I guess, California or New York. I don't remember. Um, but let's talk about the event. What do you guys... Um, feeling about it what do you guys think well first things first it's it's at 4 a.m for me so i will not be watching <laughs> but i'm right. so excited for it that's it's so crazy like because of that time difference so it's 8 p.m in korea when they do unpacked and so and then that's 7 a.m et new york time which is 4 a.m pt <laughs> I don't know why they would do that. It's crazy to me. Yeah, I guess people on the West Coast just don't buy Samsung phones. We're too close to, you know, to Mountain View, so we're corrupted by Apple. So why even bother? (laughs) (laughs) Well, even if you think, well, they want to cater to the Korean market, who they never, ever give a live presentation at a reasonable time, 8 o'clock on a weekday is pretty late. Yeah. 8 8 p.m. on a weekday is, is pretty late you know, for people who have to work. So I don't know. They just, they don't know what the hell they're doing. But I wonder if, um, I mean, I, 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 I figure that this presentation will be live streamed to people, obviously. So yeah, 8 p.m. for some people would be pretty late-ish, I guess. But I don't know. I, th- I think it's just kind of weird that they decided to do this. But if, if there were no leaks and no rumors... And but we knew that Unpacked was coming, and they did. They went back home to Korea to like do an Unpacked. The uh, one of the things I thought about was, oh, they're going to do something big, like something massive is coming, a big change in the foldable phone, kind of like back when they introduced it the first time. Um, but the leaks and rumors uh, don't suggest that at all. So I don't know. I have no idea why they would do it in Korea. Maybe something really cool didn't get leaked. And and they're maybe maybe Samsung's division that builds military equipment. Maybe they've got a new artillery gun, and they're going to show it off at Unpacked. I don't know. You know, it's interesting. I mean, again, I think wasn't there some? I feel like maybe we wrote it or I read it somewhere because that was a question that I had. Um, I've had for a while now. Like, why did Samsung decide to do it in? korea and what was there something about how there was like 
um, money constraints or like they wanted to conserve funds or something like that. Like, I mean, they lost a crap load of money last quarter. So maybe that's also like by hosting it in their home country, like they're saving money in the process of doing so. But they're also flying people out. Yeah, that's yeah, the other it's thing. cheaper to fly 500 people to Korea than to fly executives and all this other nonsense and set up in a venue. Uh, I'm sure they save money by doing it in Korea. Either yeah. Way. Um, okay, so let's talk about what we're expecting. We have a website. Uh, we have a website, guys. No, supposedly. we haven't. <laughs> supposedly. We have an article on our website that's already available to read and um you know, go through. It's titled Un- uh, Samsung Galaxy Unpack 2023, how to watch and what to expect. Um, let's delve right into what we're expecting. And obviously those are primarily, most people are probably looking forward to the foldable devices. Um, the likelihood of a Galaxy a Z Fold 5, Z oh. Flip 5. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, obviously those are the two main devices that people are considering. Let's focus on the devices first. What do you What are you guys expecting? Uh, do you believe in the rumors that we're seeing? Do you are you excited? Not excited? What do you What do you think? It's like more of the same. I'm, except, I'm, you well, know, except for the flip, the, I think the flip does look from yeah, from the, those the bigger screen pictures. on the flip. If that's really what we see, that you know the the leaked picture showed a big front screen when it's folded. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's just iterative. Except for the big screen in the front. That's basically what you have to expect. I'm, I'm not really knocking it for being a small implement incremental upgrade for what we can see because we don't know exactly, you know, the, the finer details. The, oh, what they've done with the glass or the hinge or the cameras or any of that, you don't see that in a photo. Right. I mean, I'll speak for... Since Nick's not here, I'll speak to what I think he'd probably talk about, which is just, I, I think the one complaint he's always had with the Fold is just how skinny it is when it's in handheld, or like, you know, when it's in folded mode, and that hasn't changed. Do you, wait, do you mean skinny in the sense like it's too long, or skinny in the sense that it's... Um, it's, when it's, you, just, it's just narrow when it's closed. Narrow, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's that's so narrow that it, it's awkward to use yeah. in that mode, whereas the Pixel Fold... Is great oh, to use perfect, one-handed, yeah. and when it's when it's all unfolded, it's a bit too, maybe even too wide. So that's sort of the balance. What would the right balance be for that? Like, I almost feel like there, it's kind of hard to to get to that right to balance. Send all phones back to sixteen by nine on all screens. <laughs> no, the Vivo yeah. X Fold Two is pretty close. Yes, this twenty-one by ten garbage. It's just garbage. <laughs> it's for people with little tiny hands. Well, that's not all of the population, and it makes impossible to use if you have great big mitts. Do I do want to talk about the um, the Flip Five's front-facing potential larger screen because we know that you know Derek he he did review the Motorola Razor Flip. I can't I think that's the it's name Razor Plus. It. I think that's the one, um, and that was the phone that you know I I was like really excited to read that review because of how the, I mean, the phone really does look quite pretty, um, and there seems to be quite a bit of a use case scenario of what you could use that front um, display with. Having a larger front display is is definitely useful, but do we think that Samsung will actually take advantage of this front display that's now available? Because in 
previous iterations that it was half the size of that, if I'm not mistaken. Potent- well, if they are going to do this, right? They, they have to do something if that's what they're going to give. If they're given a, you know, something bigger than a postage stamp, it's that they have to have some sort of new features to go along with it. Uh, I don't think it's going to be, oh, the same thing you would see if it's unfolded on a little tiny screen because that just, that doesn't even sound appealing. But that's a much bigger set of real estate to do something like Motorola's doing. Or, or who, who else? Uh, was it Oppo? I think it was Oppo or Sh- Xiaomi. I think it was Oppo. Somebody one had of one those, with yeah. a bigger display and it just, you could do more with it. So, but the question is, will Samsung actually make it functional if that is, if that well, is what the phone is going to look like? We don't know if they'll make it functional, but I can almost guarantee they're, they're going to show off something that you can do with it that they think makes it functional. I just feel like they're, they're late to the game on it. How concerning is that, though? Eh, doesn't bother anybody in Mountain View at, at Apple. Apple is always late, and they take that time to make it better. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. So hopefully that's what Samsung has done. They've looked at what other companies have done and say, we can do this better. One UI 6 might bring more to the table, hopefully. And once the hardware is there, they can continue to work on the software. You know, the next version and the next version might take even more advantage of it. I want to jump to the watch because that is one of the devices that we are expecting to see as well. And um, I'm, I've always been so, maybe this is just me. I mean, like the Pixel Watch was a big deal for me. I thought it was super awesome. But I've never been excited about a Samsung Galaxy watch. I have, I have yet to be wowed by any one of their watches. There hasn't been one watch that I have actually been impressed with. Um, maybe that's just me and I almost feel like I'm going to have the same sentiment again this year. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys feel about that? You know, I I think I'm going to try to get one because I, I get no use out of a smartwatch and Google's been saying, Hey, we're doing this, this, and this, and it's so much better. And now Samsung has made one UI changes that builds on top of it. And it's supposed to be so much better. I just want to see if it's enough to make me care. I'm just not sure I want to spend X hundreds of dollars to find out if I care. I mean, so I'm my focus and bias is always going to be on fitness related stuff. And I've already written about this, but I just think that Samsung is just a it is behind Apple when it comes to just baseline fitness features, you know, watch OS nine. Did a lot on that front. We have to see if Samsung, you know, is going to do more, be more focused on that like it was when they released the Active 2 um, or not. You know, what what is it going to do to make us think that it cares more about that? And, you know, the, the weird thing is that, you know, last year they released the Pro, which I reviewed and, and liked, even though it was just too massive. and And that had exclusive features where you could download offline maps and use that for hiking and you know we don't know yet what they're going to announce specifically but 
you know, everything has been either Galaxy Watch 6 or Galaxy Watch 6 Classic, according to the leaks. Nothing about a Galaxy Watch 6 Pro that I've heard, which means, you know, did they abandon that? Are they not interested in catering to pros, whatever that means? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do on that front. I'm I'm really hoping that Samsung Health gets an overhaul, but we don't know. Michael, if... I mean, the the hardware that Samsung makes is fully capable of doing everything that Apple's watches do. If Samsung invested in the features, like, to you know, to match the health and fitness of what Apple does and gave them away for mostly for free, if you bought the hardware like Apple does, would that boost their sales enough to make money? Or would they lose money? I mean, I'm curious what you think. I I think so. Um, the, the the fact is, a Galaxy Watch measures as much as a Fitbit Sense Two does, and it gives you that information without a Fitbit Fitbit Premium subscription. And so that's great in and of itself. And if then you could translate that health data and combine it and say, okay, well, we're tracking all of this, and with your sleep data and everything else, we can tell you. You know, this is your the Apple did heart rate zones, personalized heart rate zones last year. If Samsung did something similar and could say this is how hard you should be working out, like if it were going after Garmin, basically, then that would be really impressive because the one problem with recommending a Garmin watch is that everything outside of the fitness stuff sucks. It's not a smart watch. It is something where they go to it and they say, oh, I can't do anything with this. I can I can't even like text people back or use apps or anything else. So if you have a Samsung watch that can come anywhere close to that in terms of fitness data combined with really great health tracking. And it also has apps for just texting and checking your, you know, your information. That's the complete package that I think that would be great. And even though the battery life wouldn't be nearly as good as a Garmin, it's better than Apple. So I think that would that to me, that sounds really appealing. I don't know if it does to other people. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) maybe not. I I always just wonder what 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 could Samsung do to I mean, I'm fascinated. Truthy one time said that people wear an Apple Watch even when the battery's dead because they just love wearing it and showing it off. What can Samsung do to get there? If at all, that's that's what I'm I'm looking for. You know, what kind of features can they bring? What do they do to make people love this thing the way that other idiots love dead watches on their wrists? That's just crazy to me. But, but you know, but, you know what? It, you know, you don't need to ask that question, though, Jerry. You know the answer to that question. We've talked about the answer to that question. Yeah, but uh, is there anything that Samsung can do? There's got to be something. Ah. Uh, you know, okay, so here's my thought on this. I genuinely think that most of, if not all of Apple's success comes from the way Apple has marketed its products and somehow has been able to capture that audience in a way to convince them that wearing a watch after it's dead is a status symbol. Like, I yeah. truly think that's the case. And I don't think people, or at least the majority of people 
um, who are using Android devices, I think they're just not delusional. <laughs> like, yeah, I, just, I, I mean, I, 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 I and almost, this is and this is coming from an Apple Watch user. So. I almost know deep down inside that you're right, but I just don't want to believe that. I don't want to believe people can be that gullible and shallow. But maybe, maybe it, that's just it. I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I don't. I think I unfortunately, as much as you and I both don't want people, we we don't we want to give people the benefit of the doubt. We want people to we want we don't want to think that people are as gullible as, you know, you and I are are claiming that it could be the case. I genuinely think that that is the thing. And I don't think I think it's I just don't I don't know if Android will ever be able to achieve that level of I I don't. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think they ever will be in a position where. You can get hypnotized by something pretty on a stage so bad that you'll wear it when the battery's dead. I mean, I will say Galaxy watches have never been that attractive looking to me. That's just, I mean, that could be because it's kind of, it has a rugged design. I mean, it's supposed to be military grade in terms of handling falls, but yeah, it's, it's just not a status symbol and it looks the way it does. <laughs> Maybe people disagree with me on that. I, I also, I do also think that it is the design, like you said, Michael, I think it has a lot to do with the design. Um, I, I'm not, we, I've said this very publicly on the podcast before. I think the Pixel watch looks very classy and it looks like a, a watch that I would want to wear when I look at the Galaxy watch. I think it looks cheap and really not that cute. Like, I just don't think it looks like something I would want to wear. Um, that's just what I think. But I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I like watches. I don't like smart watches, but uh, I like a dive watch style. Uh, if somebody would bring out something that's 50 millimeters with a big rotating bezel that was functional, mechanically functional, that's the one I'd like. Yeah. I think Huawei brought the brought one out, and, I, and that's the one I like the looks of. You know, the other, uh, I think someone on our team was talking about it. I, th- I think it was, um, I don't know if it was Nick or Derek, or maybe it was the three of us talking about this. Um, we were just kind of thinking about smartwatches in general. And like we've, I, and again, we've brought this up on the podcast, but the, the real purpose of having a smartwatch, you know, all of these companies keep putting out smartwatches and the main purpose of the smartwatch, which is, or a watch is to read time. And that has completely been overlooked by everything else that's sort of been stuffed into this device that you put on your wrist. And my thought to that was, was that, well, what else would the purpose of that watch be? I mean, there is no other purpose. You need to stuff it with something for it to be purposeful. Otherwise there's no point of having this device. And I don't know if we need to strip down those the stuffiness of this of these watches. Have we gone too far with how much is on these watches, or do we think we need to redirect how these watches are being constructed and built and stuffed with information? It'd be really interesting if a company tried it and we could see and know the answer. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the last device that is expected to launch at Galaxy Unpacked, um, the Galaxy Tab S9. I mean, is anyone actually excited for this device if it is going to come out? Yeah, I, I think Samsung makes the best Android tablet you can buy. And if I were a tablet person, that would appeal to me a little bit. And 
if you have you know maybe a tab s6 or tab s7 you should be really interested in what they show off because it's time to upgrade but other than that no nah, nobody's gonna care wasn't it you who wrote the article that was like um no android tablet is actually good or something along those lines I, some probably because i i'm i'll be the first person to tell you if you want to buy a tablet just to do tablet things buy an ipad mini even if you don't use an apple phone just buy an ipad mini it it does the same things and it just does them a little bit better fair enough the interesting thing is i've been seeing conflicting reports about so we're gonna get the the tab s9 s9 plus s9 ultra i've also <clears throat> seen some rumors saying that they're going to reveal the S9 fan edition. Oh, God. Um, oh, Jesus. Why? And then I've seen other reports saying, you know, I think Ross Young from DSCC said it's like two months behind, so we would see it maybe closer to, you know, fall. But, you know, that... I'm curious, since I reviewed the S7 FE, what they're going to do with this new fan edition and how they're going to balance the price versus performance and everything else. I'm a little worried based on the leaks that I have seen from on leaks where they they're supposed to have an Exynos 1380 chip supposedly which is pretty much on par with the chip that was in the S7 FE so I don't think there's even going to be much performance difference and it's been two years so yeah I'm a little concerned about that but i guess we'll see and then with the uh, the tab s9 yeah it's just it's going to be really fast i think that i liked the s8 series a lot but it, it did have the snapdragon 8 gen 1 which was a very good chip but did have the overheating and throttling and everything else and we know that the gen 2 galaxy edition chip is just darn fast for gaming so if you just want a big slab for gaming you know, to play yeah, horrible, crappy exciting. games that don't work well on a tablet. That's the problem. That's, that's something that Samsung needs to fix because Google is never going to fix it. Samsung needs to partner with gaming companies. Uh, you know, the, the, the way that Apple has every time they, you know, back when Metal was the new thing, they always showed this cool new game on the, the latest iPad that they partnered with somebody. Samsung steal that idea and 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 get one of the you know these popular Android games and make it just awesome on a tablet. That's what you need to do for gaming. <laughs> Can't argue with totally. that. Totally. Okay. Uh well apart from that, I really don't see us uh seeing anything else happening from Unpacked, which I mean, do we think that is surprising or not? I don't necessarily think so. Um Okay, let's talk about our next thing that I really want to talk about, unless you guys still want to talk about Unpacked. That's, it's on you guys. Are we good? I don't think there's much more to say. Yeah, <laughs> really, it's, just, it's an iterative year. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about um, something that actually just happened right before the podcast. Um, we started recording this podcast. Uh, there was an article that came out from the New York Times, I believe, Um the article is titled Google starts testing Genesis, an AI that writes news articles. 
Um, so essentially, Google is beginning to test Genesis, which is an AI tool designed to help journalists write news articles. Executives from various publications that have witnessed its demonstration state it was unsettling. Google states its Genesis program will be responsible and may avoid uh, the mistakes made by generative AI models. Um, I mean, yeah, it's definitely really unsettling. Um, essentially, executives from the New York Times, the Washington Post and News Corp have seen this new tool in action. And I believe there's also a quote from uh, a Google spokesperson. I'm just going to state it. Um, so in partnership with news publishers, especially smaller publishers, we're in the earliest stages of exploring ideas to potentially provide AI enabled tools to help their journalists with their work. Um, the, the spokesperson added, quite simply, these tools are not intended to and cannot replace the essential role journalists have in reporting, creating and fact checking their articles. Um, thoughts that's, on this? That's the most important thing to take away from this. Yes. That last little bit that these tools can't replace a person. But that'll get forgotten and buried when people start talking about it. Yeah. I mean, we already see it. I'm not talking just about when it all started with, uh, was it CNET or whatever, but was it last week, Gizmodo or one of the sites under the, the, that's under the same umbrella as Gizmodo, like posted a top Star Wars movies and it was very clearly written by AI and nobody edited it. Yeah. And they weren't supposed yeah, to be. It was wrong. And it was wrong mm -hmm. for one, but it like it wasn't supposed to have been published according, because I think that Gizmodo just recently unionized. Hmm. So, and that was part of the agreement, but it got published anyways or something like these companies don't care. They're going to try and figure out a way to replace people so they don't have to spend as much money so their pockets can get. No, I, I fully agree. But I also do think that there are some people who still believe that that is not the case. Then that's not what should be done. And I think. I'm. Because here's the thing, I actually. I get what this this project is entailed to do, and I feel like with some publications it might help. But I think that key takeaway is so important, which is these tools are not intended to and cannot replace the role of journalists, and they should not be. That should not be the case. But you know, the problem that you mentioned, Andrew, is that a lot of people are going to take advantage of it, and they're just not going to care. That's that's the biggest worry. Yeah, every time you hear, you know, the words AI and news, remember the word hallucinate. Because that that's what they call it when, you know, ChatGPT or Google Bard or Microsoft's version or whatever just makes some random shit up. Mm -hmm. It's called they they call it hallucinate and every AI tool in existence comes with a warning that it's going to do that. Uh you know, Google thinks that they can you know, have something that that's a little more, you know, responsible, ethical, and and not hallucinate. Cool. I, that'd be I'd be interested to see it. I just right now the way things are now, stuff like this does more harm than good. Hundred percent. But I think also is as we report on stuff like this, it is going to catch the eyes of lawmakers of people who are yeah author who have that decision and quickly act on it i mean the hope is that they quickly act on it um and are like we need to figure out the right legislation and tools for 
when these kind of things are going to be used. I just hope that that happens sooner rather than later. I mean, my my quick thought is just, you know, I used to do a decent amount of editing. And when you're editing a writer, you typically know based on their work, how close of attention you need to pay to it. You know, some writers, you know, you can trust their authority, but maybe their grammar is not the best or vice versa. Like they write well. You mean but... me. Say it. You mean me. <laughs> some people. Uh, him. He's probably talking about me. <laughs> I think he's talking about Andrew. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about anyone in particular except Jerry. But um, <laughs> the, the point is. Oh, my God. Um, if I am editing an AI article, I can't trust anything. I understand that this is supposed to offer a baseline and then it can be sort of edited and tweaked with the the author's or the author's own voice and then thrust out there and, you know, maybe it works faster. But if you can't trust anything because the AI might be hallucinating on any given fact, all it means is you're going to have to fact check every single word written to make sure that it is accurate and then, you know, fix things yourself and i just don't know if it'll actually be faster than just writing and doing the work yourself yeah yeah i totally agree and and that's that's tough to fix there there aren't enough people in this world to train an ai completely by hand so just turn them loose on the internet to learn Uh, and i use the word learn very loosely here that that leads itself to mistakes and errors I can publish anything I want on the internet at a million free sites and claim it's true. And if ChatGPT runs across it and says it's true, they say they, they think it's true and they could repeat it to someone else as being true. And that, that's a problem that I don't know how you fix. Well, I guess um, we'll have to figure out what they decide to do with this because this is sort of a big deal like this is really disruptive and it can cause a lot of problems in our industry so i hope Uh, it could also solve a lot of problems if done right we all know yeah there are ways that we could use ai tools 100 percent, 100 percent. but we're not at the point where I can just have AI write an article and do a quick edit and publish no no and and as as michael said like I wouldn't even I, I wouldn't even be able to trust to even edit that article like that. Right. It, it's just too much. Right. More so. time consuming than writing it yourself. Exactly. So more, more, moral of the story. Moral of the story. Um, OK, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with a couple more topics that we want to talk about. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Indeed's streamlined hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job according to Indeed data from the U.S. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S.'s Indeed data. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com ACP. Offer good for a limited time. 
Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So uh, an article that Michael, you published a couple of days ago uh, brought in a lot of traffic because I think it... um, shook the core of a lot of people <laughs> when they read the headline. Uh, so the the article title is uh, The Rumored Galaxy Ring Could Challenge the Galaxy Watch 6. Uh, so essentially, uh, the ELEC reports that Samsung has begun, quote unquote, advanced development of a, quote unquote, Galaxy Ring health wearable with a Japanese manufacturer creating the circuit boards. Uh, Samsung Samsung patents spotted in 2022 showed a smart ring with electrocardiogram and photo PPG sensors. The Samsung Galaxy Ring could be used to control smart home devices or the upcoming smart Samsung XR headset. And the Galaxy Ring's tight fit could give it higher accuracy than the Galaxy Watch 6. Uh, so super interesting. My two cents before I want you guys to unpack this um, is that I was very intrigued by a smart ring. Um, and I, I, th- I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I actually, you know, got the aura ring, which, um, you know, obviously does sleep tracking and health tracking and all of that stuff. Um, it does not have the ability to control your lights in your home or anything or smart home stuff. Um, but what I did not like about the device was that I couldn't see, uh, what I was doing you know, because it's a ring and there's no display on the ring and I have to go into an app and I have to control it. And if I was working out, I actually had to set that I was working out. Um, it did detect that I would work out, but it would, I would have to like go in and edit it. And it was just, it was such a hassle that I just actually kind of stopped using it. Um, I did like the sleep tracking feature, but I just, I don't know. I just didn't think it was that interesting. And I know Derek is a big fan of smart rings and he tried to write an article about this, but every analyst that got back to him, because essentially his article was, you know, will the future of smart rings become popular? Like, will will that, will the future be that everyone wants to go to a smart ring? And every analyst that he spoke to basically was saying no, <laughs> like point blank, like, no, we're not, like, it's such a niche audience. It's not there. So I'm very intrigued to know what you guys have to say about this rumor about a smart, a Samsung smart ring. Um, Derek did mention that it's potential that if a company like Samsung did it, there's a possibility of it becoming popular. And that's potentially what we're seeing happening here. But yeah, what do you guys think? I, I want to see Samsung do it. I'll be right up front with you. Uh, not, not because it can do some things better and it can do some things worse, but the things that nothing can do yet. Uh, there was something about how they had a set of smart glasses on and they were had like some weird AI or, uh, you know, VR interface and they were touching stuff because they had a ring on. It could track it and it could do it. That That's the cool kind of stuff that Samsung can bring to a smart device that you wear around your finger. Or you can just get Apple Vision Pro and you don't need a ring. You just control it with your fingers anyways. Oh, well, that's just a waste of money, though. We know that. Yeah, that's, I, you know, that's incorrect. <laughs> if, if I had that kind of money, I, I I wouldn't care. I wouldn't 
you know, I just buy both. Right. I mean, yeah, the the gesture control stuff is interesting because maybe that lets Samsung create a, a headset that is slightly easier to control in case there are camera issues tracking a hand or something because the, the ring can be a, cr- a crutch. So, you know, in theory, we just don't know when that XR headset's going to happen because they delayed it because they got freaked out by the Vision Pro. So, you know, we'll... We'll see what happens there. But in, yeah, I think, Shruti, you, you nailed it. And I think this is what the commenters on that poll we did earlier in the year agreed with you on, is they said, you know, I don't think I want a ring because I like having a display. Mm-hmm. And we didn't tell them they had to choose between a watch and a ring, but they still did. And they said, well, I have a watch and I wouldn't want to get rid of that just for a ring. And they probably don't want to buy both. So I know that the the title probably seemed a little clickbaity, but I do think that it is a case where Samsung is going to be selling two devices that are in competition with one another. I don't think too many people are going to buy rings and watches and wear You know, though, from a health tracking standpoint, the ring would be a so much better device. You know, at the end of your workout, you do have to look at your phone screen and look at the app, but it can take so much better measurements you and and quite frankly when i was using the aura ring i was seeing really like a lot more precise measurements but again it goes back to what i was saying like i was just getting so frustrated and and let's be real like the aura ring is a very beautifully designed ring it you know if you pick the one that you want and you buy it or whatever like you can cater it to how it fits in your lifestyle so it's very much of a it looks very nice but it really i feel like it was just such a it was almost like an annoying product to be honest like i really enjoyed it but i found it annoying over a period of time would you want a ring that just had a really tiny screen on it that just showed like your heart rate or like any uh, just one number on it no because i think that would actually make the ring look ugly (laughs) right (laughs) unfortunately what but what i think actually might be kind of interesting i think i'm like going overboard in the statement but i i think like i'm literally just thinking off the off the top of my head is i know michael you said or i i can't remember who said it just now but um it would it would be in competition by having you know a, a smart ring and a smart watch and why would someone want to wear both but i actually think it would work better if you wore both at the same time in the sense where the ring is able to transmit data quickly to your watch and you would get the same information to your watch if you wanted but you also had your watch to to function as like a, a device that told you time yeah like think of the ring is just the sensors on your watch exactly exactly so and you, you know all the anything you want to look at is on the watch screen exactly. but exactly using the built-in sensor on the back it gets more accurate readings from the ring exactly that's kind of cool idea yeah and so you would essentially have that connection done together i mean you could Potentially, you could, if you didn't want to wear a watch and you didn't care about a display, you could still buy the ring on its own. And if you wanted to have a watch, you would have maybe limited sensors. But if but if you wanted to have that really accurate reading that, you know, the sensors was, were picking up even, you know, precise measurements, then you would buy the, both devices at the same time and they would work in tandem with one another. I can see it now. I wore six smart watches and walked 6,000 steps in a smart <laughs> ring. <laughs> 
I wore six smart rings and then just, I just you got... You start looking like that Mr. What's-His-Face with the, all the gold and everything everywhere. Yeah, Mr. T. <laughs> there we go, Mr. T. You have like all the rings and everything. You're just monitoring your your status. Yeah, that would, that's what you would look like. Yeah, I mean, I am... We also did a poll on this and I'm in the minority. A, a lot of people are fine wearing watches to sleep. I can't. It just I can't. distracts me yeah. so much. I don't, I so, don't I like mean, it. Having a ring to wear for sleep tracking is genuinely appealing to me, and it would be a ring that wouldn't have a subscription, unlike the Aura ring. So it just really depends on the price. If Samsung is selling one of these for, I don't know, $200, uh, 150 probably not that cheap. You know, it, it just would be convenient, and it could be kind of an, an impulse buy if they could make it and sell it for 150 bucks it would be ch- cheap junky plastic that nobody would want to wear fair enough that's that's the problem you're going to have 250 300 in this thing if you want it to look and feel good and be functional at the same time and then it's like well the watch costs 300 so yeah. why wouldn't i just get the and, watch and like truthy said the watch has a screen on it so i can see something exactly we, we're people like to see things they like to see Something, even if it doesn't really tell you anything helpful, that people like to see things. We're very visual. Yeah, I mean, that's just my two cents. I think, I feel, I just feel like that's what would make the most sense in my head, at least. We'll see if that ever happens. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's move on to our final topic, which was a phone that I, I think caused a lot of problem for Nick because of his uh, flicker, eye flicker issue. Uh, and so he ended up sending the phone to Andrew, and so he ended up writing it. But it's the Vivo X Flip Review, Holy Mother of Pearl. It's actually a really beautiful phone. Dang, it's very beautiful. It's a, You gave it four stars out of five, Andrew. Pros, the cover screen is more useful than expected. Display crease is almost unnoticeable. Solid overall camera experience, great battery life, and the cons only available in China. Womp womp. Hinge doesn't always stay in place. No wireless charging, no IP rating. Well, you know. Yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Truly, I think your biggest, the biggest thing, issue with this phone is that it's only available in China. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, China software is very frustrating. Um, like you have to, if I want to use a launcher, like a different launcher uh, with the flip, well, it, with the fold too. Before but. you say anything, I totally thought you were saying lawn chair. Like he was. I was. <laughs> oh, that's were the he? name of the app, the, lawn there, chair. Yeah, there's a there's a third party launcher called Lawn Chair. Oh my god, that's actually hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you want to use a third party launcher, there's like 15 steps that you have to take, along with signing in or and or creating a Vivo account. Otherwise, you can't like you can't stop using. You can download the launcher. But every time you swipe up or tap the home button, it'll take you back to the Vivo app. Even if you go through and try and set it as the default, it'll automatically switch back to the Vivo launcher. Oh, wow. Uh, and it drives me absolutely, it drove me absolutely nuts until I figured out how to do it. Oh, wow. That loses a star right there, in my opinion. That's the biggest, like that, besides being China only, like that is what killed it for me. Because, like, I like Vivo software tweaks. They're all over the place, but some of that is translation, like trying to translate from... Chinese to English, um, just like the, the the way that things are sorted in the settings app is is very odd to me. Um, 
but like you have to jump through all these different hoops just to use a third party launcher. And it's, there's no phone in the States on this side of the globe that does that hmm. other than an iPhone, but that doesn't let you change the launcher anyways. Well, did you like the phone at least? No, I loved, I, I genuinely, so I reviewed the Vivo X fold two first. Um, and then I went to the, the flip and it was very jarring the first couple of days because I went from this massive 8.1 or 8.2 inch screen when unfolded to this little teeny tiny thing that slips in my back pocket. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I do wish that Vivo had done more with the cover screen there. You can do a lot. Again, it's locked to China stuff like Vivo's own own apps. Um, there are ways around it. I didn't touch on it in the article. There's a there's an app called I think it's called cover screen OS uh, where it basically replaces what you see from Vivo's stock. Uh, and you can use different apps and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it. It's got the the fingerprint sensor in the power button, which all foldable phones should have. Um, the cameras are solid. They're not going to blow you away, but they're good. Um, yeah, it's just flip phones aren't my thing. I'm a foldable foldable guy. I like the big, I like having a tablet in my pocket that folds in half. Fair. Um, but this is this is very like if you like compact phones, like Derek loves his Moto Razor Plus and loves the compact phones, but thinks that foldable phones are stupid. This is for Derek. This is for the Dereks out there, or those you know. This is for the Dereks out there. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. it, it's gonna be interesting to see Chinese companies fight over the flip phone market. I mean, say. Uh, Andrew may not like them and Derek may love them. Whatever you and I think doesn't matter. People love the flip phones. People love the idea. I don't remember what the numbers are, but Samsung didn't Samsung say the flip outsole has been outselling the fold. I think oh, I'm so, sure yeah. it has but like it, consistently. I mean, it's also the flip. The flip for Samsung is more of a younger audience that can afford that kind of phone and it's also catered to like content creators and like gen x or z or whatever marketing like, too yeah samsung yeah. makes the flip look fun yeah exactly yeah. well plus carrier deals you can get it for i think you could i think you could get the flip four for free through carrier deals last year yeah you could the, the three you, was the same way yeah which is ingenious that's that's the kind of hard work that samsung and the carriers you know they do together because they they want this in your hand that gives Samsung the money from selling it to the carriers and it gives the carriers, you know, you stuck there for two years. That's just great for everybody involved. But in general, the public loves these little flip phones. And that's, you know, in China, there's people just like everywhere else. They, they, they have, you know, the same trends in technology that you see in other places. They are, you know, I'm I'm sure I haven't seen any solid market data, but I'm sure that people in China love flip phones too. the younger people, the up and coming people with disposable income and that, you know, maybe like technology a little bit more than the older generation. So, it, you know, companies like Vivo, it, it's great to see them fighting over the flip phone market. Oppo and Vivo have made some amazing devices because of it. Here's my here's my favorite thing about the flip. I have it in my hand, so be prepared. Oh, yeah. That, cl that close is close so it. satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought you dropped it on the floor. No, it 
it's just it's loud. It's it's just, I mean it's right up next to my microphone. Yeah, but because it, it, it's actually like soft and like softer than like closing my uh, my Fold Four when it worked. That's so funny. Or or the uh, <laughs> the Vivo X Fold Two. When you get to a certain point, does it finish by itself? Yeah, about like. 20, 30 degrees or so, 40 degrees. That's neat because you know there's no spring in it, so it's just neat that they've engineered it to where the weight of it is itself closes it for you. Yeah, because you can hold it up about, you know, about, you know, 50, de- 50 degrees or so, and it'll, you can just keep it propped open like that, but you start closing any more than that, or, or you know, just, it just closes on its own. I don't know, I, 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 I I can almost guarantee that eventually I'm going to end up with a flip phone. I just, because they're small when you fold them up. I like phones that are small because I keep my phone in my shirt pocket like your grandfather does. Yeah. And flip phones just, they're the only ones that can do that now. I just, I don't like typing on plastic and so far. It doesn't, it doesn't not feel super, like plastic. It does. Time. I felt one. The flip? It, the flip four, yes, it's plastic. Oh no, I was talking about the X flip. Oh, I see. I haven't touched that one, but uh, they they they're they're making the bigger screens on the outside now, and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully Samsung does something with it. I actually love from this article what uh, Vivo is doing with the 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 front display. I those those widgets are actually useful. Yeah, the little tiles. Yes. So you know that. Samsung do something like that and you might have a customer. I I my Pixel 6 is still working, but it's, you know, it's getting old. The volume button doesn't work anymore. But software, I can do it by tapping the screen. So, I might be in the market for a new phone if Samsung can show me something that they want that I want. Would you have bought the if there was a to since Derek's not here, let's keep talking about him. <laughs> would you have bought a Pixel Flip? Or would you have been more interested in the flip than you are the fold? Because you're not interested in the fold. I'm not interested in a fold at all. I, I I like the flip because it's so small when it's closed. But so far, with the Samsung one, it's the only one I've touched. It's also useless when it's closed. And I need it to be a little less useless. I, I was really impressed with what Motorola showed me. That's a good first start. You know, keep going. Has it the the form factor has not appealed to you just yet, but it's it it's it's got potential. Well, yeah, I I love the form factor. It's the functionality. The functionality, that they, right? Yeah. Okay. That is not quite there yet. If they, you know, if this phone, the Vivo, was was on sale in the U.S., I'd probably deal with the plastic screen. Totally. You know, if it, from Samsung, because that that display up front is more than just a caller ID. Yeah. You know, is anybody else old enough to remember the thing that hung on your kitchen wall that did nothing but display a number when you got a phone call? Well, mine didn't hang on a kitchen wall. Mine was just sitting on the counter there. Okay, beside <laughs> the... So, yeah, yeah that, to me, that's that's what the Flip 4 does. And, and yeah. I don't see any more functionality out of it. Uh, do more with the Flip 5 yeah, it really is and just- maybe... I think it really is just like a novelty thing though, right? Like it's like yeah. how did how could we bring back um this the idea of a flip phone but in a more modern way? I I feel like that that's genuinely all that is that it is, right? I also know if I buy a a new flip phone from Samsung next year Google's going to make one and I wish I'd waited. 
but if I don't buy one, then Google won't make it. It's just, you know, karma. Totally. Um, okay, well, on that note, let's talk about the things that made us happy this past week. What made you happy this past week? I have something stupid that made me really, really happy. Well, th- say it. Anything is okay. anything can make uh, you happy, even if it's stupid. But before, just pause the podcast right now and go to Google and type in freshwater aquarium shrimp. And you'll know what the hell I'm talking about. Because I'm a total nerd when it comes to little things that I can keep as pets. And uh, I keep, they're called crystal red shrimp. They're candy cane looking little things. Uh, I've had them for about six months and they're doing fine. I just saw babies like two days ago. Yay. So that was now, you know, instead of having 20, I potentially have a lot more than 20. Oh, God. So (laughs) that made me really happy. Hey. And then I got all stressed out. What what do I feed them? What do I? Turns out they eat the same thing. Oh, okay. No big deal. They just eat the green crap that grows on stuff well that's not stupid at all and it's a very good reason to be happy at least it's not a spider huh shruti yeah (laughs) seriously (laughs) okay who wants to go next uh well i'm following jerry creating life so this is gonna seem very mundane by comparison i've just been really enjoying uh i've been playing red dead redemption 2 oh fun Uh, i got it years ago and I played a bit of it and then I got just kind of burned out. Yeah, um, that, I feel like that was the same thing that happened to me. So you got to tell me what what let you stay on and continue. I think just that game lets makes you feel like you can do anything, which for a completionist means you got to do everything. <laughs> and for the second playthrough, oh I have just freed myself from that. I've said, OK, you don't need to go foraging for every plant and <laughs> you know use your binoculars to find all 500 animals oh, and everything in this game just focus on the characters that are fun and stop doing the busy work yeah. and have work for that yeah and so once i i freed my mind it's been a lot of fun and it's just it's the kind of game where i can enjoy the just the the ambiance the characters the voice acting is fantastic and the you know, the, the controls are great and I can enjoy it. I don't know why, but I enjoy this game a lot more than I would have enjoyed Grand Theft Auto. I just mm. can't get into that, that's but I good. do enjoy Red Dead a lot. Well, so. that's great. That's that's always something that's good. I'm glad that made you we happy. We need to play GTA multiplayer and you'll have fun. I guarantee it. <laughs> uh, okay, Andrew, your turn. Um, Yeah, I went to I went to Philly. For an overnight stay, because uh, me and a buddy went to go see Matchbox 20. Uh, we've been trying to go since 2020. It's been canceled or postponed because of pandemic. Uh, and then it finally, finally happened. So I was, I don't recommend going and trying to do everything in 24 hours, though, because I'm still feeling the residual effect of, of that. Yeah, I would, I would uh, not recommend that. that but I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. That's always a good thing. Uh, okay, what made me happy? Um, well, you know me, I love reading and I am halfway, actually no, three fourths of reading a book called I Who Have Never Known Men. And it's actually absolutely phenomenal. It's about 40 women who were captured in this bunker and they've 
been in, in this bunker for years and years and years. And of the 40 women, one of them was in the bunker since she was a child. So she doesn't really have much memory. She grew up with no societal norms. She grew up in this bunker. And then one day an alarm goes off and the 40 women flee and they are in the real world. And it's super, it's super interesting to hear a perspective from someone who hasn't experienced life the way all of us have experienced it. And to just hear her narrative it's it's very very fascinating it's a fantastic book i highly recommend reading it um and then the other thing i had one other thing that made me happy which i can't remember but um yeah i mean i'm i'm happy i'm happy (laughs) you find the weirdest books you know this book sounds like fallout meets unbreakable kimmy schmidt (laughs) oh (laughs) i'm it's definitely not it has it does not have unbreakable kimmy kimmy schmidt (laughs) vibes at all tell us how you really feel (laughs) i hated that show that show was so unbearable to watch but um i uh it's it's i it's really it's really good i would really recommend it the okay to answer andrew's question though where i find my weird books i follow this one uh book talker um and she reads a lot of Yes, she reads a lot of um, translated fiction, fiction from different countries and like uh, places from different parts of the world. And it's been really nice to read and expand my, you know, library of books that are not just like Canadian or American. Like I've been reading authors from Sweden and like from Africa and like it's really fascinating. And it's like translated books. I don't think this one's translated, but like. Or maybe it is. Actually, I think it is translated, but it's it's just it's it's so good. Like, it's such a good book. And if you have the time to read it, it's also a really short book. So if you have the time to read it, I would highly recommend it. Do you read books from African authors that were written in English or do you read like traditional literature that they've translated? Um, sorry, repeat that question one more time. Do the, the books you read from African authors, are they? Written in English, or are they like traditional African stories that have been translated? Uh, no, they've been translated. So, uh, like, oh well, send send me some some titles then. Yeah, I I don't have that many from Africa, but for example, this one, I who have never known men, is translated from French. I read I recently went, read one that was translated from um, I think Spanish from Brazil. I read another one that was translated from Swiss, I think. I can't remember. But I will send you some of the recommendations that I've read. I mean, they're really, really good. And um, a lot of them have um, a little bit, like, you have to think a little deeper. It's not just about what you're reading. I mean, it's about the big picture of, you know, existence. And and I don't know if you like doing that kind of stuff, but I do, apparently. (laughs) I just, uh, I I really, really like traditional african folk tales okay well and and anything that you come across yeah i'll definitely i'll definitely let you know um well on that note um you know thank you so much for listening to us wherever you are whether it's in the morning afternoon or night we really really appreciate you taking the time and listening to us and we will catch you guys very soon bye